you're listening to Before the Bell podcast, hosted by Dan Karkias and Say No More. Before the Bell podcast, episode two. Um, with me once again, I've got Courtney. Now, it was an amazing weekend of fighting um, across all disciplines. Um, some huge knockouts, some um, some big shocks. So, Courtney, welcome to the show. Hello again, guys. We're back at it. We're back at it. Exactly. Um, I think I'm going to start with, um, if you can pick your favourite fight of the weekend, we can just jump straight into it. Hmm. So, my favourite fight is, it's going to actually be one that might go over your head, guys. Because if you're a hardcore MMA fan, you'll know. So, basically, my favourite fight, uh, which was an amazing finish, uh, happened on Friday Friday evening on uh, 1FC Championship. And it was Martin Nguyen versus... These names are terrible to pronounce. Martin Nguyen versus Navarantugla Jajamba. Um, it was a second round uh, flying knee KO. Um, first round was back and forth, um, but it was a great finish. Um, and it was the headlining event at uh, one championship event on Friday evening. Yeah, I, I saw that. You sent me a video um, of the finish. So, yeah, and Martin Nguyen or whatever, uh, he, he's the Vietnamese guy. Um, I think he lives in Australia. And, um, yeah, yeah, 1FC is pretty decent out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a few high-ranking fighters from UFC and from the West that have gone out. It's based out of Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few guys have gone over there, and um, it's doing all right. Um, obviously, last week, we previewed UFC 236, and um, also we previewed Lomachenko and... Anthony Crawler as well. So for me, my favorite fight of the weekend comes from UFC 236. And uh, no surprise, it was the Adesanya um, Gastelum fight. So um, you saw that, obviously? Yes, I did see that and it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, for me, a couple of surprises. Um, a couple of surprises from that fight. I was surprised that Gastelum didn't really shoot takedowns until um, round three. Mm-hmm. Um, considering, I mean, we, we, we talked about his his um, his kind of debut, if you like, in UFC when he fought against Uriah Hall. And, you know, he just shot the takedown, pounded him on the ground or whatever. Um, he doesn't seem to be doing that lately. He's, he's relying a lot on his stand-up and he was swinging for the fences, he knocked um, Alessandro down, I think, in round one, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. So, what do you make of that fight yourself? It was a very good fight. Um, I don't think it's as good as everyone's making out it is. People saying it's the greatest title fight of all time in the UFC. I've seen many better title fights. I would say John Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson, the first fight, 10 times better than that title fight. But Alessandro versus uh, Gaston was a very good fight. Um the thing with Gaslam is that if you look in the first two rounds, he was, yeah, he was throwing big punches, he put him down. But there was points when he wanted to shoot. The reason, in my opinion, why he didn't shoot is because uh, Adesanya kept giving him different looks. Switching southpaw, switching uh, orthodox, uh, doing a karate stance, you know, doing, putting his uh, jab hand on there, doing all these little looks. Um, and when he did start shooting, uh, uh, Adesanya's K down defense was... Good. I think he took him down once, and then he switched. He was only down for ten seconds, um, and then he switched out. And the second time he almost took him down, he switched it. So, I mean, his takedown defense was really good. 
Um, I scored the f- first round to Gastelum, rounds two and three to Adesanya, rounds four to Gastelum, and round five to Adesanya, but I gave round five as a 10-8 round because he, br- yeah, he I, absolutely brutalised him in that last round. Yeah, round five, I think for me, round five is probably my favourite round of any fight that I've seen um, in a while, actually. Um, it just went back and forth. But yeah, th- there's just a few things from this fight. Um, Gastelum's only 27. That, yeah. That's a surprise to me. Um, he's been around for a while it feels like but he's only 27 so um, technically he hasn't really reached his prime yet which is surprising Um, Adesanya is much older Uh, is he 31 or 30 he's 30 yeah Yeah, obviously he had the height and the reach advantage Um, and to be honest Gastelum kind of coped quite well with it Um, he had really good movement to get in Mm -hmm. range and throw those punches um, you know Adesanya being, as we talked last week, being a special fighter, was able to move and avoid, you know, a lot of punches that would have knocked a lot of people down. So, um, yeah, very, 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 very interesting fight. And then, yeah, round five, that 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 was manic. I think my moment of that of of round five was when they had that exchange on the ground, that grappling exchange. Mm-hmm. Adesanya went for the guillotine, mm-hmm. and then it went to the ground and. Gastelum reversed the position and and then Adesanya tried to get him in the ah uh, it was just it, it was just the it, it was a a dust choke he tried to get him in a dust choke yeah yeah and um, like when he had the neck kind of thing like yeah yeah he tried to get him in a dust choke and it wasn't it was a good attempt it was a good attempt I think um I, I watched the post fight interview for Adesanya he said that he he would have got him in that and he would have ended the fight but. He had a bit of a niggling um, knee injury. Yeah, yeah. I thought he said his foot, but yeah, some sort of leg. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Adesanya, he's now, you know, interim title, but he's done what he said he'd do. Yeah. He's come up in the game, 17-0 and 0 now in um, MMA. And he's got his interim title, obviously. It doesn't really mean much until he, uh, until he beats the fellow well, Australian. The yeah. What do you think about that? What well, do you think, well, uh... I'll correct you there quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, pardon my uh, knowledge of the sport. <laughs> um, Adesanya is from is New Zealander, um, and Robert Whittaker is an Australian. So would they? They would be. Would they be fellow Kiwis? I don't know, but they'd be fellow part of that side of the world, right? But yeah. it, it would be the Australasians. Yes, yeah, it would be the biggest Australasian US, um, MMA fight in history, in my opinion, when it does happen. Yeah, and um, I mean, Adesanya's got a lot of support. I mean, normally when Mexicans fight in America, obviously Gastelum is American and Mexican, normally that is enough to, you know, to, to make the crowd quite hostile to whoever mm-hmm. else is fighting. But I thought Adesanya had actually had at least 50% of the support in that crowd. So mm-hmm. that kind of shows, as a New Zealander, Nigerian, um, you know, fighting in the US against, you know, a Mexican-American, to have a good support there. I think it shows that people are really, really behind him. Yeah, man. he's I, Like I said, he's a special fighter. And uh, I have to mention the elbow that he caught Castle with in the third round. Mention that it. elbow to the middle of the forehead. And that kind of changed it as well. Because um, I gave him the third round. But at the beginning of the third round, yeah, Gast- it was even and Gaston was kind of, you know, doing his thing. As he caught him with that elbow, maybe about a minute and a half into the, into the third round, then yeah, he that was it. He started winning the third round, um, but it was, it was nasty elbow, man, nasty elbow. 
All right. Um, like I said, it's, it, was, it was a packed weekend. There's a, there's a lot of fights that that we need to talk about, plus the previews for what's happening next weekend. Um, so let's give this some ratings. Mm-hmm. This uh, this fight. How would you rate Adesanya's performance? How would you rate Gastelum and the fight overall? People are probably going to disagree with me. Um, like I say, I do think it was a really good fight. Um, the main event for me was better, um, but this fight. I'd say Adesanya's performance was seven. And Gaston, people are, again, they're going to disagree with me. Gaston's performance was five. Five? Yeah. That is controversial. I, I, I'm i going to disagree with you yeah. right right here and now. Um, I'd, I'd say that there was a, it was much closer than that. I'd, I'd go, I'd give Adesanya an eight and I'd give Gaston seven just because, I mean, clearly... Um, he caught Adesanya so many times. Did he see his face? He got the bump there, yeah. That's the biggest damage that yeah, but have you seen... I've ever seen Adesanya take in a fight. Yeah, but it was always going to happen. Like, you know, this is the... Calvin Gaston is no bum. And this is the uh, the elitist guy he's ever fought. I won't count Anderson Silva because he's 41 now and slow. So, in his prime, of course it would have been. But it was always going to happen. Like, it, for me, it's like... I expected this to be tough for him but I knew he would win so yeah. and for me yeah Gaston got brutalised in the fifth round he did do well it was good but again one of the reasons I say even though Adesanya he did have good takedown offence Gaston did not take him down and when he did take him down he kept him down for 10 seconds like anyone that knows MMA knows that to, if he was going to win that fight he had to take him down numerous times so and I'm not going to say I don't want to fault Gasolin because obviously Adesanya's takedown defense was very good. It's probably because of Adesanya that he couldn't take him down. But he had way more opportunities to shoot. And for me, that was a big part of his ability to win the match. And he didn't do it enough. So that's why I'm giving him a five. And Adesanya, he was very good. He's got a few more notches to go. So I can't give him an eight, but a seven, of course. Okay. And um, what about the fight in general? I mean... Yeah, you're saying that it's uh, not quite. People are, people. Some people out there are saying that it could be the best title fight ever or something. But uh, yeah, I don't agree with that personally. But um, give it a number out of ten. Out of ten, seven. Okay, I'd go with uh, again. I'd go with a seven point five, slightly higher than that. It was a very entertaining fight. Round five in particular. Um, yeah, if you're gonna watch anything, I, I think. You should all watch round five of that fight. Um, so that's that one. And um, after this break, we'll come back with the other title fight of uh, UFC 236. If you want to know everything about fighting, subscribe to our channel. Okay, before the bell, part two. We're back to talk about the other title fight of UFC 236. Um, Dustin Poirier versus... The blessed era of um, Max Holloway. So this one, I think last week, um, I think we both went for Holloway, didn't we? Yeah, we and, did. Uh, we were both wrong, mm-hmm. weren't we? We was both wrong. I, you, you was more wrong than I was. Um, but yes, we were both wrong. We were both wrong. So, so what do you make of this fight? Um. So it's basically the reverse. Of what I said. I said, if Max Holloway is a special fighter. He will, uh, you know, he will beat uh, Poirier, and I think he can because he is a special fighter. Um, 
he's still a special, but it's maybe not as special as I thought he was. Um, Poirier was just... Poirier was faster than I expected. He was faster than I expected. I always knew he had the power. I knew that he had power. Faster than I expected. Um, and Max wasn't as big as I thought he would be, considering his frame. So, um, but Poirier... Yeah, yeah, Max looked very small in that ring. Yes. Yeah. Poirier was a lot bigger than him. So, um, but Max is a beast, man. I mean, the first round, he got tore up pretty bad. Uh, tore up pretty bad. Um, comes back. Um, and it goes back and forth a bit. I think uh, I gave Poirier rounds one to three. No, I gave Poirier rounds one and two. But I gave Max round three. Max really, he really pit on him. Um, he pushed him to, to the back of the fence in round three. A lot of punches. Yeah, um, I think um, I think what surprised me was Poirier was just so relaxed, considering that he's in there against um, a champion. Yeah, obviously a champion at one four five, but he didn't seem phased at all by what Holloway had to offer. He just almost like a autopilot zombie, just mm-hmm. stood in front of him, moved well. I thought Poirier's boxing was outstanding. Yes, um, very good. Yeah, there was one moment. I think it was in round three. Um, where he threw a jab and then he did a perfect slip um, to, to counter Holloway's kind of um, return and then he finished it with a right hook as well. Mm. And I think that, for me, summed up the fight. Um, Poirier's boxing was just textbook. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. Um, I will say this as well. Um, the reason, One of the reasons why he was so relaxed, this isn't the main reason, but when you have already beaten someone, you have that mentality of, you know, I can beat them again. So there's no, like, I know I'm amazing. I know I can beat them. But you haven't faced them. He's, I know I'm amazing. I've beaten them before. I'll do it again. So he had that mentality as well. So that's one of the reasons why I think he was so relaxed. Yeah, um, you mentioned that last week, um, which was a good shout. Yeah, they, they have fought before. And, um, yeah, so Poiré is now too, you know, too near on, on um, Holloway now. But I have to admit, I was surprised that Holloway just didn't seem to... I mean, he did his usual things. He moved well. He he, he touched Poirier. Mm-hmm. You, know, he, you know, he's always going to be in the fight. But, even, I mean, even at the end, he he congratulated Poirier. I think he knew that he just didn't... He, he just wasn't at this, uh, at this contest. He just yeah. didn't match him. Um, obviously, it went the distance. Five rounds. Um, decision was quite obviously in Poirier's favour. Would you agree? Yeah, it was in his favour. Um, I gave it a bit more closer than most people did because I gave the fourth round a draw. I couldn't give either of them. So I gave the fourth round a draw, the third round to Max Holloway, but I gave rounds one, two, and five to Poirier, but round one was a 10-8. So I got the same score as the judges, but I'm not sure if they scored it the way I did. It was closer than people said, but it still was pretty much a shutout, yes. Uh, but yeah. I, again, I wasn't surprised. I did say that if Poirier wins... Poirier wins is not going to surprise me in the slides because he is good and Max Holloway is moving up. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll put my hand up and say that um, I kind of slept on Poirier a little bit. Um, I know he's been around and he's a game fighter and he's been around for a while, but I feel like he really stepped up and um, yeah, like you've already said, he just didn't seem phased at all by Max and um, had all the answers for him. So... Um, Obviously, this, this fight, it wasn't a title fight, but Khabib is going to be waiting for the winner of this. Uh, it, it was an interim title fight. Was it an interim as well? So yeah. there was two interim fights? Yeah, it was an interim title fight. Okay. 
So Poirier is the interim yeah, champion so at one five five. He's fighting Khabib in September. It's basically confirmed. Basically. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, let's give this fight some numbers. Um, what would you say for Poirier? Oh, I mean, I don't even want to give him the score, but I have to nine. Nine out of ten. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not. Act- I'm not. Act- You're normally quite stingy with your score, so this is this is you know high praise. Listen, man, he was a beast. Like he done well. He's like, and he was like, his hands were. I always knew he had good head movement and boxing skills, but I've never. How did he... He was so fast. His hands were so fast. I'd never seen him with such fast hands. Um, but yeah, man. Dictated the pace. Um, yeah, he was the bigger man, but he he judged, done his job down to a T, man. Um, yeah, nine. Well-deserving of a nine as well, man. Very yeah, good. Yeah, he's, he's a bigger guy, but he's the shorter guy, which is quite strange. I mean, Holloway's the taller guy, but he gave up on reach, which is weird. Um, so, so go on, what, what do you rate Holloway? I still was think it was a good performance from him. And there was just certain, uh, how can I say, certain intangibles that didn't allow him to win the fight. Um, I'd give him a seven. I still think it was a good performance from him. He just, you know, the size. Uh, yeah, just not being, he just wasn't acclimated to the to the weight. But even if he was, he, you know. But I'd give him a seven. I still think it was a good performance. He did, I think it was the end of the third round. Yeah, because I get yeah. End of the third round when he really backed Poirier up, man. Loads of shots. Poirier almost was almost like you know, gonna go. It was good. So seven for Max. Yep. Um, I would give Poirier an eight point five, not quite a nine because, um, even though he did really well, I just feel that Holloway just wasn't at the, just wasn't game ready. Maybe it's the change in weight. Um, he just he just didn't look like himself. So I think, I think, I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but I think a rematch, Holloway um, Poirier 3 would be, um, would be quite good for this one. So I'd go 8.5 Poirier and then I'd go a 6 for Max because I think, yeah, he just, he just wasn't at this event. So unless you've got anything else to add. Do you want to do overall score for the fight? Yep, that would be important. Um, so I'll go with, um, I'd, I'd go with a 7. What about you? Difficult, man. 7.5. 7.5. Yeah. For me, it was um, worth watching. and um, But for me, I still think that Adesanya and uh, Gastelum was the fight of the night. So, that'll be enough for now. After the break, we will talk about the boxing match that happened on... Was it Saturday or Friday? It was uh, Friday evening. Uh, yes. Yeah. Fasili, high check. I take Lomachenko. All right, back after this. You're listening to Before the Bell podcast, hosted by that guy Kaz and Say No More. Okay, into part three. Now, um, we're going to talk about boxing. Boxing, boxing, boxing. Um, Lomachenko took on the British uh, former champion, Anthony Crawler, at uh, 135. And, yeah, I don't think the result is, is going to surprise anyone. Lomachenko, well, maybe the finish would surprise some people because I, don't, I didn't think he had it in him to knock someone out so brutally. What about you? What did you make of it? Um, I expected him to knock him out. Um, didn't expect it to be as brutal as that. But I knew that he could because uh, uh, he knocked out Roman Martinez. Uh, 
maybe four fights ago, and it was worse than the Crawler knockout. Brutal knockout. So I know he had it in him to, to have a brutal knockout, so it didn't surprise me. But because Tullar is a tough, tough, tough Mancunian, I didn't expect him to knock him out that brutally. I expected him to do a lot of punches and the referee come and stop it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, I mean, Lomachenko was the Picasso of boxing, man. I used to call Mayweather the Picasso of boxing. And uh, Lomachenko, Lomachenko reminds me of pretty boy Floyd. When Floyd Mayweather was 135 pounds and he was just brutal. And his knockout percentage at 135 pounds was like 90% or 80%. He reminds me of Pretty Boy Floyd. That's how good I think Fasino Lomachenko is. I mean... Yeah, that's decent praise. He's amazing, really. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said last week, um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a pleasure to watch this fight, to, to watch this guy fight. Um, definitely look this one up. I mean, it's only it only went four rounds. Um, and as well as Lomachenko did, I still think that we need to find this guy an opponent. I think every boxing promoter in, in the world, I think that should be their mission to find this man an opponent <laughs> because he just seems to completely dominate everyone they put in the ring with him. Um, Anthony Crawler, ultimately very disappointing performance. He didn't... I mean, how many shots did he throw in this fight? Ten in total? He just, he just you know, put the earmuffs on, just covered up, backed away. Um, he clearly he was he was clearly scared of what was gonna happen and mm-hmm. and what he was scared of happening ultimately did happen and he got knocked out in brutal fashion. But I mean, what do you think of Anthony's performance? Do you think they could have done a little bit better, or do you think you know there's just no answer to the Ukrainian? I'm gonna this is my reply to your question is gonna be for again for the hardcore fans. I try and keep it short, so. His main sparring partners for this fight was Jazza Dickens, a British fighter, and uh, and another British fighter, uh, another worldwide British fighter. I can't remember his name. It'll come back to me. Um, and his trainer said, I've brought in world-class par- uh, sparring partners uh, for Anthony Crawler to get ready for Lomachenko. If you think Jazza Dickens <laughs> is going to get you ready for Lomachenko, you've already lost the fight. So I was just disappointed in the, his preparation for the fight. Jazza Dickens? I mean, oh, that's the other one, Frankie Gavin. Frankie Gavin. I mean, it's ridiculous. But anyways, um, I mean, it doesn't surprise. He doesn't, he doesn't as well as, as his ability could do. Even if he freaking had male sparring partner, he still would have done the same. He did as good as he could do. I mean, if you look at the fight, Lomachenko, in the first round and the beginning of the second round, he, uh, all he did was just loads of feints. Loads of feints, just 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 loads of feints, just messing up uh, Crawler's uh, timing. Crawler was just confused, and then he hit him with a shot at the end of the f- uh, first round, and a shot at the beginning of the second round. Those two shots after that, it was just done, just done, absolutely yeah. done. Just you know, j- just to kind of represent Britain. I mean, we talked last week about you know British fighters um, not faring so well in certain competitions. I just I I, I just kind of really wanted a bit more representation. <laughs> if you like, and um, yeah, but, you know, Lomachenko is just, you know, once in a lifetime kind of fighter, I think, um, just his movement, he does everything so well, um, he moves in a way, is there anyone else that moves like him? I, I know you mentioned he, that he's similar to, um, you know, old Floyd, but I mean, is there anyone, is there anyone around at the moment that you think is similar to him in the way they move? There is one person, 
uh, he's a bigger guy. I think he's a well weight or uh, a light middleweight. Uh, Just Kelly, he's a British fighter. Not exactly the same, but he does a lot of the hands down Lomachenko does. He does a lot of the twitch twitch movements. Um, he doesn't, uh, and he does a lot of uh, of the switching when Lomachenko throws punches, switches to the right, switches to the left. He, uh, I don't think he's as he's as fluid with his punches as Lomachenko, but uh, anyone that likes boxing, uh, especially my hardcore fans out there, go look up Just Kelly. Uh, Josh Kelly. Just Kelly, yeah, man. He's about ten and 0, eight knockouts. Uh, I mean, just go look at him. He's very, 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 very good. Um, I mean. Um, four years from now, I could see him beating Errol Spence. Interesting, interesting. Maybe not Terence Crawford because I think Terence Crawford beats Errol Spence, but that's another discussion. Yeah, but, and of course we're talking about Terence Crawford um, up next. Really, we're going to talk about Amir Khan. That fight's happening next weekend. Um, the comeback of Amir Khan after his talk about brutal knockouts. <laughs> yeah, well we'll get to that soon. Um, Let's talk about the finish for this fight. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I saw it in real time and it didn't look like much, but when it was slowed down and you saw it again, it looked sickening. Obviously, Crowlight was all right, but the way he fell down, he didn't even have his hands protecting him. He just fell straight down his face. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was uh, quite a sickening knockout. Um, what do you think of the technique that Loma showed to... to achieve that kind of knockout um i'll try and remember it um one thing i'll say is that i always keep plugging myself in our podcast but i'll plug it plug myself again as i have boxed before um in front of three thousand people by the way <laughs> so i know that <laughs> and, I, and, and that includes me i was there that <laughs> night um uh i know what a temple shot is and if you hit someone in the temple hard Especially if you don't see the, the shots that hurt you the most are those shots that you don't see coming. He got hit in the temple and he had no idea that shot was coming. So, and I, I'm pretty sure Lomachenko, uh, he, I think he fainted with a jab, then went down to the uh, uh, body shot to the side and then came up with the temple. I think that's what he done. Uh, something like that. So, as soon as he hit him in the body, as soon as he fainted with a jab, he got confused. Oh, there's a, there's a hand in my face. Then he hit him in the body. Oh, my body hurts. Then he did not realize the shot to the temple was coming. Shot to the temple came. Boom, yeah, and for floor. me um, as well, it wasn't a looping shot. It's not like Lomachenko loaded up and swung for the fences. It was super tight, super quick. Um, just just kind of proving that technique wins. Really, you, you haven't got to swing to knock someone out. You haven't got to, you know, do massive looping shots. Just um, watch this technique and. And it's just it's it's just beautiful to see. So I would um, if we jump into ratings now, I would go with uh, a nine point five wow. for Lomachenko. Get this man a real opponent. Hashtag please, hashtag real opponent for Lomachenko. Please um, anytime soon. Um, but yeah, just just another level of uh, boxing. What about you? Um, I can't give him a nine. Uh, it was Crowler and Crowler. Like I said, Krillov could have been training with Mayweather for a year and still wouldn't love. Um, I'll give it 8.5 for Lomachenko. It was a good performance. Um, yeah, it was a good performance, man. I think it deserved an 8.5. Um, and then how low can you go for Krillov then? Do you know what? Yeah, he tried his best. His best just wasn't good enough. Um, he was way so out of his depth. 
Um, so I don't want to go too low because the dude tried, but he just wasn't good enough. So I think it's a bit harsh. I'm gonna go for a four. I think it's a bit harsh, but I'll go for a four. Yeah, I'm gonna go a little bit lower and go for a three. Just disappointing, you know. Um, but but like you say, yeah, he 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 tried his best, but I mean, even if you're gonna lose, just throw some more. Just just throw some more. I've you know. Like you said, we, we've both done a bit of boxing. I've done sparring where you're in your head so much that you don't throw anything and it just doesn't help. It never helps. Yeah. It never yeah. helps. So um, that's it for the fight reviews. Um, four excellent fights here that we've talked about. Um, very, very good weekend for all stars of fighting. So after the break, we'll talk about next weekend. Um, we've got Amir Khan and Terence Crawford. And then Garcia. Danny Garcia versus Adrian Granados. That's going to be a firefight. Okay, part four. We're back to talk about the upcoming fights uh, next weekend. So that is April the 20th, Saturday, April the 20th. We've got Garcia and Granados. And you're looking forward to this one in particular, Courtney. Yes, um... It's my pick of the week next week. If you like a a, a firefight, watch this fight. It's going to be a very good fight. Um, Danny Garcia, uh, I mean, he's a favourite. He's he's well-known. Everyone knows knows who he is. I'll talk about him in a bit. But Adrian Granados, he's very underrated. He's, a, um, he's misunderstood as well because he's got six losses on his record. But five of those losses have, losses have been split decision losses. So... He could have easily won those five fights. Um, and some of them I think he won. I, I'm a fan of uh, Adrian Granados. Um, and he fought Sean Porter as well. And it was a close fight. Sean Porter won unanimously, but it was still quite close. Um, but yeah, he's very... Uh, he's misperceived as uh, you know a gatekeeper. But I think he's very underrated. And he can take a punch. And uh, he's, got, he's got a very high work rate. Um, Danny Garcia, um, as we know, uh, I think he's a four-time world champion. At two different weight classes. Um, he's got good timing and good power. So he is the favourite. He's got more experience. He's fought Sean Poirier, Keith Furman, um, uh, Amir Khan. I mean, so many top... Yeah, Garcia's got yeah. Um, some, 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 some good names on his record. Um, and yeah, he's got more experience. got mm-hmm. 34 wins. Only two defeats. Um, he's the favourite for this fight. Um, how do you see this one going? I'm picking Adrian Granados. That's a bold pick. It is very bold. Um, but um, Danny Garcia doesn't like people that come at him. Like people with a work rate that are relentless. Sean Porter beat him. Um, Mauricio Herrera, if you're a boxing fan, you know, Mauricio Herrera beat a, um, Danny Garcia, but they gave it to uh, Danny Garcia, uh, boxing politics. Um, but he doesn't like people that are, who are relentless. And Granada's can take a punch. If you saw some of the punches he took from Sean Porter, I mean, people's lights would have been out and he wasn't. He didn't even will. Um, I think the work rate wins this fight for Adrian Granados. So this is um, Puerto Rico versus Mexico. Yes, Puerto Rico versus Mexico. Yeah, Danny Garcia um, from Puerto Rico. Those guys always bring the chat. Um, have you seen much in the way of pre-fight um, discussions? I think Garcia, like you say, is calling... Granados, uh, a gatekeeper that he just has to get over, and I don't think um, Granados appreciates that really. Uh, there was a 
if you watch um, uh, Fox Sports, I think SF, FS1, there's been a few pre-shows with them too. And uh, uh, Adrian Granada said uh, to Danny Garcia, you're just another opponent to me. Danny Garcia said, I'm a champion. I'm a champion at two weight classes and I've had multiple belts and fought top names. And then Adrian Granada says, you put on your socks like any other man. You're just another opponent to me. Um, so, you know, there's you can see Danny Garcia, he's got the confidence, but Adrian Granadas believes in himself. So it's going to be not only with... Uh, it's going to be a good fight because of Adrian Granadas' work rate and Danny Garcia's timing. And he has timing with power. If you remember the Amir Khan knockout, Amir Khan was winning that fight until he just timed him with a left hook. So that's why I think that the styles clash so well. You've got Adrian Granadas... Uh, his work rate is crazy, and then you've got the timing and the power of uh, Danny Garcia. So they're gonna mesh to make a good fight. Um, so I can't wait for it. It'll be yeah, I think this will be. Um, I think this will be an interesting fight. I think um, the atmosphere will be good. The, the the support for both these guys, Puerto Rico and Mexico, they always bring it. The the, the crowd. Um, so yeah, and where are they fighting? They fighting in. Is this in New York? Is it Staples Center? I might be wrong. Yeah, well, well, if it is, um, again, that'll, that'll be a great atmosphere. So, who you got to win this fight? Yeah, I've got Granados. I think his work rate is going to uh, do it for him. I think I'm going to go Granados. And, and normally, normally with my picks, I'm very frugal. And I never really side like, you know, my favourite. But maybe a bit of my, uh, you know, my fandom for Raging Granados is coming out a little bit here. But I'm... Yeah, I've always thought Danny Garcia was a bit overrated, even though he's done everything he has done in boxing. Um, especially the Mauricio Herrera fight, man. I mean, I feel sorry for that guy. He really deserved that bell because he beat him. Um, okay. But I, um, I think for me, personally, I'm a fan of Danny Garcia. And um, I think he's had a couple of setbacks recently. But I really hope that, you know, he's had a great fight camp and... He's really coming prepared for this one because I really want him to win. And, um, yeah, keeping a close eye on this one. So I'm going to go for Garcia for this one. You're going to go for Granados. Uh, that's next week, Saturday 20th. And, of course, also next week, um, we have the comeback for Amir Khan. Amir Khan, who made his debut in 2004 um, Greece Olympics. Um, which is a long time ago, people. So he's been around for a while and you kind of get the impression that he's sick of not getting the respect he feels that he deserves. So he's out to show the world against arguably some of the best um, fight IQ in, in, in the game in Terence Crawford. Um, do you think he has do you think he has any chance in this fight? Um, it's definitely not an Anthony Karloff versus a Lomachenko fight, that's for sure. Um, that's definitely not that. Khan is no bum. Um, he has got a chance. He's got, I mean, it just depends on how Crawford fights. I mean, cause he can fight southpaw, he can fight orthodox. He can do everything. He can fight on the inside, he can fight on the outside. He can fight going backwards. Crawford can literally do everything. So he, he's that good. Um, I think I'm going to go with Crawford. Uh I mean, if Calm Calm boxes to a perfect game plan, he can win. Um, I I'm gonna go with Khan's not gonna get knocked out. I don't think Khan will get knocked out. Everyone keeps saying 
Khan's got a glass chin, whatnot. But I don't think Khan will get knocked out. I'll go with, um, you know, uh, a pretty obvious win for Terence Crawford over 12 rounds. Pretty obvious win. I'm not going to say absolutely dominating win. Um, but it will be very obvious that Terence Crawford won the fight. I think... That's um, what I think. Yeah. The the, the recent um, knockout of Khan um, against Canelo Alvarez uh, only a couple of years ago, I think that's probably a, a good reason why people are saying that Khan has got a, a, a glass jaw. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got a better record than that defeat would suggest. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is, it is going to go the full distance. But I just... I don't know. I, I just think that Khan, he could well well have retired by now. He could have hung up his gloves, but he seems to have um, a chip in his shoulder in a good way. He, he, he seems to want to prove people wrong. Like I said, I think his reputation in in the UK is just not as good as he wants it, and he he desperately wants this is a this is a huge opponent. Yeah. Um, the fact the fact that he, that he could still even get this opponent. So I'm just wondering, from my point of view, what do you think is in it for? Terence Crawford. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it seems on the surface that Amir Khan's a big name, especially, you know, in, in the UK. But um, on the surface, it wouldn't appear that he's quite on the same level as Crawford. What do you, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, he's not on the same Boxing ability-wise, no. He's not on the same level. But um, he's a bigger name in the US than Crawford is, Amir Khan. Um, you have to remember that he was... He held three belts, or two or three belts. No, I say he held two belts at 140, the IBF and the WBA. And then he fought uh, Danny Garcia, and then he would have got three belts. But he lost, so Danny Garcia took his two belts, right? And before that, he only had one loss earlier in his career. And when he was fighting Danny Garcia, he was top five pound for pound at that time, Khan. So he was a very big name. Um... Obviously, he got his British fans as well. He did fight twice last year. I mean, not against great opponents. Because um, he took the two years off, right? He took a, like, almost two years off from the um, Canelo defeat. Then knocked out his uh, return guy um, in July. Then fought again in around near November. Um, and beat that guy over 12 rounds. So he did fight twice last year. Two decent decent wins, you know. Um so, so you think he's quite game then? You think? Yeah, uh, yeah, man, he's still got a lot left in the tank. I mean, I, I mean, can't for me beat Sean Porter. Right, right now, if they fought, he'll beat Sean Porter. Uh, you know, people talk about the Canelo loss. Canelo came into that ring at one hundred and eighty pounds. Khan was one hundred and sixty-two pounds. That right? is a big difference. Um, you know, he should he has, he should have never went up. He had no business being in that ring that night. And before he got knocked out, he was winning the fight. Before he got knocked out, he was winning out, you know, outboxing Canelo, outboxing probably number one and number two pound for pound. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, outboxing I, him. So I, he is good. I, it's just that Terence Crawford is, you know, arguably number one pound for pound. So yeah. right now, but yeah, Khan is a big name, that's, and that's the reason why Crawford's taking this fight. He can't fight anyone else because of you know they're either um on a PBC. Or they're on the zone. You know how boxing politics works. The different uh, TV networks, different promoters. So the biggest name that no one thought he would fight, the biggest name he can fight is Khan. And it's a good name on his resume. So yeah. that's why he's taking it. And it's on pay-per-view. And they can make some money. So That's a good point I underst- you make. I understand why he's taking the fight. But he will win. 
uh, I don't see, you know. So it's like a win-win for Crawford. Then he's taking a big fight, yeah. and he's almost guaranteed to win. Yeah. Um, okay. Then so then, yeah. I guess for Amir Khan, it's quite obvious what's in it for him. Um, Crawford's a huge name. Um, you know, like you say, possible pound for pound, the best guy at the moment. So um, if if even if he can have a good performance and still go the distance and um, get a close decision, mm-hmm. I don't think there'll be any shame in this for him. Not really. That's, I mean, imagine if he went and fought Calbrook instead. Because Calbrook, for me, uh, he will beat Amicon just because of the styles. You know, Just because someone's better than another opponent doesn't mean they're going to win because styles make fights. And the style of... And Amicon knows this. That's why he's never going to fight Brook. The styles make fights. Brook's style will beat Khan all day. Um, but technically, as a boxer, I think Khan is technically better than Brook. But that's another discussion. But, um, yeah, I think it's a good fight. Uh, I think Crawford will win over 12 rounds. Um, but Amir Khan will put in a very good performance. I think he'll put in a very good performance. All right. But, yeah, it will be. It will still be an obvious win for Crawford, though. Won't be close. Okay, with that, that's, um, that's the previews done. So, up next, we'll do some quick mentions, and then we'll get into the Hall of Fame, which should surprise Courtney, at least. If you want to know everything about fighting, subscribe to our channel. Okay, before the bell, um, part five. So this is quick mentions where we talk about some quick things that are happening in the news and that you should be aware of. Um, so Daniel Strauss, uh, did you hear about this, Courtney? Um, I did not hear about this until before we came here to do the podcast. Yeah, so... so um, interesting story, Cass. mentioned it to you earlier on, but yeah. Um, Daniel Strauss is a former Bellator champion, and um, he got involved in a hit-and-run motorbike um, accident um, in 2017. So he was riding his bike, I think, with his girlfriend, and he got knocked down from behind, hit-and-run, and, run, and um, he woke up underneath the guardrail, um, got taken to hospital. Doctors said that he, he would be lucky to walk again, Um he had to. He had to, you know, dig deep. He had to do rehab to just to learn how to tie a shoelace again. Um, so, you know, this was twenty seventeen, and imagine getting that kind of that that kind of news. You know, that that you know, as a fighter, someone you're living is fighting, and the doctor's telling you that you might not even walk again. But um, but yeah. Anyway, he came back at uh, Bellator two nineteen, which happened a couple of weeks ago, I think. And um, he came back with a victory. So if you want to hear more about this, he's on Joe Rogan's podcast, Daniel Strauss. Um, I think that's a, that's a good, good story from the world of MMA, showing that, um, yeah, a lot of these fighters have got some serious heart and they don't um, take things lying down. I mean, yeah, I think it's a really good story. Um, I mean, all I can say is Daniel Strauss, you're a legend. <laughs> Daniel <laughs> Strauss, you're a legend. It's all about you. What you got? So, um, I want to mention Clarissa Shields versus Christina Hammer. Um, Christina Hammer is big on Instagram. I think you showed me your Instagram. She's uh, she's quite a looker for yeah, a fighter. Yeah, she's pretty de- decent, man. She's got a good body. Uh, she's good looking, uh, typical good looking Eastern European girl. Um, but yeah, Clarissa Shields, uh, two time Olympic Olympic gold medalist. Uh, yeah, maybe like one hundred and fifty amateur fights, one loss. Really good fighter, undefeated, nine wins. She held held two of the belts at 160. Uh, Christina Hammer held uh, the other belt, and then there was a belt they was fighting for, 
and uh, Clarissa, Clarissa Shields won. Um, Clarissa Shields is a really amazing fighter, but everyone, the you know, the consensus was, can she? Um, consensus was that Christina Hammer could easily box outbox Clarissa Shields, and Clarissa Shields more of a boxer puncher brawler, and she actually outboxed uh, Christina Hammer. Yeah, um, I, I was surprised by when I saw this um, result. Um, yeah, I was surprised that uh, Clarissa Shields came through with a the win there. So, congratulations to her. Um, she, she is now the undisputed middleweight champion of the world. Ring Magazine title, WBO, WBA, IBF, and WBC. So, hats off to her. Big things. And she's British, yeah? No, Clarissa Shields is American. Is she? She's American, yeah. Oh, well, forget her then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, what's next? Um, I want to mention um, our good friend, um, Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem. Yeah, he's fighting next weekend. He's fighting next weekend um, against a guy called... Uh, I forget his name now. Um, he's from Eastern Europe, so it's... Uh, uh, Alexi Oltelnik. Uh, there you go. Basically, this guy, uh, his name, his nickname is the Boa Constrictor. Because he has, like, maybe 15 to 17 rear naked choke wins. So, uh... Let's hope that Bar Constrictor doesn't doesn't choke out Overeem. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Overeem. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this fight pans out. I mean, Overeem, I've seen him get knocked out so many times. Probably the biggest was the Francis Ngannou knockout, that, that uppercut that he took. But he keeps coming back. He yeah. must either love fighting or have a really high weed budget because he needs the money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... As the Overeem's uh, head is still in orbit now, so yeah, how how, how he he fights so regularly, but yeah, um, and he's quite old as well. What is it, like thirty nine? Yeah, he's a, he's late late thirties. Yeah, but yeah, good luck to him. Hope he doesn't get choked out by the bow constrictor. All right, I think that's it for mentions. Um, it's just time for one more, one more thing, Courtney. You ready for this? Yes. This yes. Is, Hall of Fame. This is the Hall of Fame, and this week is my pick. And um, I haven't told him yet, so it's a surprise for everybody. Um, so I will start with this fighter is an MMA um, fighter, and he had been undefeated for eight years. His last defeat was in like 2011. Um, another clue, Joe Rogan calls him possibly the greatest mixed martial artist ever. Um, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So, about. Um, um, since his last defeat, since his last defeat, he has left. He's a UFO. He was a UFC fighter, and since his defeat, he 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 left the UFC to find greener pastures in Asia. Yes, of course, it is Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. <laughs> That's it. I thought I'd, I'd shine a light on this guy because I didn't expect that. Yeah, it's a good call, though. I think at one twenty five, um, one twenty five pounds. People don't seem to respect that division. Um, so I, I, I thought that what he's been doing, so many title defences. Um, he has he has people that love the fight game, love his fighting and the way he fights. Similar to Lomachenko, watching him is a bit like, you know, getting an education in uh, in fighting. So yeah, he, 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 he lost his title to um, Henry Cejudo, um, who himself is an Olympic gold medal wrestler. Um, so he took that chance to leave the UFC and go over to 1FC. And he had his first fight in, in 1FC recently. And no surprise, he won that fight. So yeah, Mighty Mouse 
Johnson back in the winning habit. So, um, yeah, it's my honour to induct Demetrius, Mighty Mouse Johnson, into the Before the Bell Hall of Fame. There we go. We now have two inductees. There we go. Now, Courtney, unless you've got anything else to add, we're going to call a wrap. Um, not really. Not really. I think, uh, I think it's been a solid episode. I would just remind our listeners to like, comment, subscribe, and support the movement. Yep, we're pretty much on everything. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, iTunes, not yet. Nope, not yet. Soon on, on iTunes, but we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, YouTube. All the links are out there, so please support. Next week, uh, we'll probably have a competition to um, give out £20 worth of Amazon vouchers, but more information will be announced via social media. So, um yeah, once again, Courtney, thank you for being on this podcast. Uh, couldn't do it without you. Your knowledge is ridiculous, really. I appreciate it. Remember, remember, guys, that guy Kez on Instagram, okay? That guy Kez on Instagram, my co-host. All right, and with that, thanks very much. <laughs>